Here we go. And welcome to The Smoke Break. We're here every Sunday from 9 to 10 a.m. on Shady Pines Radio, as well as Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I'm your host, Joel Palzane, here with Zoe Schwartz. Hello. And Taylor Barrett. Hola. Excellent. So this week we're talking about anxiety, and boy, is it a time to talk about it. <laughs> uh, but I think it's important. Um, so the first question I'm going to ask, and maybe you, y'all can relate, uh, does your anxiety ever become other people's anxiety? Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and then it makes it worse. It's really yeah. fun. It's a yeah, nice, fun it's little a cycle. Nice little cyclical process. Yeah, I prefer to be alone when I have anxiety because then it doesn't like bleed into other people's. Yeah, and then mine gets worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's difficult to ask for help in those situ- situations too because like your anxiety becoming somebody else's anxiety makes it more difficult for them to like help you. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, that's something that I've I've struggled with like personally a lot. Where like I'm just like <laughs> I I need this thing and they're like I'm scared. <laughs> like okay, yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to help you, but I'm afraid you're gonna get mad at me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, the the intensity of being anxious can definitely prevent help sometimes, and that's that's equally as stressful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you're anxious, what does that usually look like? Uh, it, it can manifest in a couple of different ways. For me, I think that heart rate and body temperature definitely go up, but mm-hmm. that's also that can coincide with anger, which can also coincide with anxiety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that kind of like play into each other and kind of like smear their colors into other colors, and yeah. uh, uh, the. I get a little more fidgety. I'm usually pretty fidgety anyways, but I get a little more fidgety, maybe just like cracking my knuckles that I've already cracked, you know, for pushing on your hands at yeah. that point. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It just it's, it's stuff like that. Definitely. Yeah. Pacing. pacing. <laughs> I pace a lot. I'm a big pacer. I'm a big yeah. pacer. Uh, what about Instagram pacer test? What about you, Zoe? <laughs> What's uh, how does anxiety? You, what does it usually look like when you have it? Uh, Yeah, I feel like I get like I'll get like short with people. And I'll get like just, yeah, more irritable. I don't know if like physically you can see it, but you can just like I'm one of those people that like my my mood is real obvious. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if I like physically get agitated, but I definitely probably I do. But I think it's more like you can just tell my mood changes because I'm one of those people that my mood is very like transparent. Yeah. Um, so, yes. yeah, I think I just get more irritable. Yeah, like I can manage less. Things irritate me quicker. I wear it in my face a lot. Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I wear yeah. it in my face. Yeah, and I'll just stop talking as much. I mean, I'm a real chatty person. Yeah. You can tell when I'm in a good mood, and if I stop talking, I mean, that's not always a sign that I'm in a bad mood. But it's a pretty good yeah. one. <laughs> I do. But that is something that's when you're like a chatty person, people always think you're in a bad mood if you're being quiet. You're like, no, sometimes I'm just out of it. But yeah, yeah but just trying to process. But yeah, that is a good sign. Yeah, I get quieter and I'll get like just tighter acting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. What, I about, would... <laughs> what about you, Zane? It's really obvious. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I interrupt people because I get nervous. Uh, no, I would say that, yeah, I, I definitely like, I feel like I stutter like because of my speech. Like I'm somebody who kind of prides themselves on their ability to speak. So when I'm anxious, I'm much more like uh, d- d- uh, 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 I was thinking of your shaky leg. No, that's not an indicator. <laughs> that's, exa- that's just that's an, ex- an indica- indicator that I'm alive. I think yeah. it speeds up though when you get a little anxious. Really? I've noticed a different. Have, or when you're focused, I've noticed that like like I've been, I've been playing a game and just hearing like boom 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 boom, and I think it's the like I thought it was the dryer with like 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 a it's, bed sheet in it or yeah, something, yeah, yeah. and I look over and it's just your leg going crazy, <laughs> and, and you're just like writing, you know, you're, you're just like writing jokes or writing music, and I'm like that's gnarly. You're it's, locked yeah, in. Those I'm pistons locked. are firing. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah the irritable thing i can definitely yeah. I, I i would say that i have like a shorter uh a shorter fuse which you know um 
especially like as somebody with bipolar, like my fuse is already kind of like, oh, it could be anything. But mm-hmm. with anxiety, like if I'm anxious about something, then my sh- fuse is so much shorter. Um, yeah, I would. And then I would definitely say the last one would probably. Yeah, it would, it would be the. The irritability is the one that I really have to watch out for. That's the one that, like, I guess, like, yeah. it, it shows up for me because it's just, like, I'm a very, like, for the most part, happy-go-lucky person. But, like, when I'm anxious, then that's when, like, maybe my shorter fuse kind of shows up a little bit more present. And, like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know if you can, but, like, I... I can definitely feel when that threshold is crossed and it feels different and it's hard to tell where that threshold is because it can be very, very short. Sometimes it can be like I can I can shoot the shit and, you know, bullshit with then slang insults. You know what I mean? And just like have a good time and and, and do that banter. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Just like classic like Canadian style banter and just, mm-hmm. and just talk the shit. I'm like, like I'm on an episode of Letterkenny, but sometimes like one thing will be said and I'm just like that was the first thing and the last thing that you know, and now I'm upset. And yeah. it's like it's a totally different feeling like we've talked about you've. Uh, feeling like you have like shark eyes that I've called mine like hawk eyes and shit like mm-hmm. that. Like it's, it's, it's a very different feeling where you're just suddenly. Yeah. Well, and you can kind of like take things differently if you're anxious, like something that might not bother you if you're like normally just, if you're just you and you're just kind of tuned into the way that you feel about things. Mm-hmm. But if you're anxious, like something that somebody says can be like triggering and you just kind yes. of like react to it. And you're just like, usually this wouldn't bother me, but like this time it does. Yeah, it's because mm-hmm. I had a, a, B, and C on my mind, and that was the fourth thing that I needed for you know to to, com- to complete the the circuit of of my frustration, and that like this this one phrase, whatever it might be, made me realize what it, like how short my threshold was today. Yeah, it's, it's always a frustrating surprise when it's yeah a short threshold. I, I was just thinking it happens to me at open mic sometimes, like when somebody talks about a topic that I think they shouldn't talk about in a or mm. in a way that I don't or like a, something that I'm sensitive to, you know, like, like a punching down joke or something, you know. Yeah. I'll be like sitting there like I'll get real pissed real quick. <laughs> like, Do you yeah. ever have to try to give yourself the benefit of the doubt that like maybe they don't know about the concept of punching down, but it's also like if they're up there putting themselves on stage, they should probably know about that at that point. I mean, I, yeah. And I was going to say, I think it's not just in comedy. I think it's like in life too. Like if somebody says something shitty about somebody yeah. that's marginalized, I tend to get hot real quick. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I think, but yeah, but I do notice like at, at a mic, you're trying to stay chill and relax before yes. you go up. Yeah. So that's when I've noticed it. Like lately, like I'll just be like, God, I just got real pissed off. Like I'll have to like go over to Like if I'm by myself, I have to like go to other people and be like this motherfucker. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to, to like work it out. Cause otherwise I'm like, bring that energy on stage or, you know what yeah. I do? If I do genuinely think it's something that I want to say something, I'll just get up and say, hey, you know what? Actually, that's it's not chill. Also, those yeah. people don't like you anyway or some shit. I'll say something. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> they don't care what you think about them. <laughs> uh, what about uh, with like worry and stuff like that? What are the things that you tend to worry about? Mm. I worry about, uh, yeah, what other people think, I think probably. That's one of my least favorite ones, like comparisons, yes. that kind of stuff. I really hate that. Yeah, I'm with comedy. Like you worry for gonna be funny which like totally affects whether it's funny or not so it's like a vicious cycle (laughs) where you're like if you're just in a not funny mood something could not come out funny and then yeah yeah. and then it makes you feel not funny and then yeah yeah that's a weird thing with comedy too is that it's like if if you're doing a musical performance like even if you're frustrated you can still you you know where that note is and you need to hit that note at this time with comedy it's like if you're not in a good mood you can't sell that you're in a good mood unless you're a great actor which you know like kudos to people that can do that but that's so that's so difficult. You're a great actor. Why are you doing comedy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start. But uh, but yeah, that's uh, just like hiding that. It would be very difficult on stage. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about you? What do you What do you tend to worry about? I I think I've been a little bit better about um, 
judging myself off my own standards versus other people's standards lately, but that's still something that is like you can't not like it, it's impossible for that to like not pierce through your consciousness. Yeah, we all fall victim to that. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's impossible to not to not do that, and uh, the, just um. A lot of comparison, like you said, like people yeah. that are at my age or or people that are in similar interests in me that are are, are better than me at things that maybe participate in it less, and mm -hmm. that, that that's that's frustrating for me. And you know, I have to kind of just <laughs> remind myself that I'm in it for the uh, like for the experience, for the journey, especially yeah. when it comes to hobbies. I, I guess that would be the best answer for me is that like things that I'm passionate about that I enjoy doing is where I find myself uh, falling victim to that comparison a lot. Yeah, same here. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I think that's good. What about you, Zane? Let's see. Uh, I worry that people think the worst thing about me. That's yeah. whatever, whatever the worst thing could be. I'm just like, that's what they think about you. It's just like, oh, wow, that's definitely not like the best thing to think of, you know, mm -hmm. but it's mm -hmm. it's I guess it's like whenever I feel like I've conquered something like it just it's just the next thing of just like, well, if they don't think this, then maybe they think this or maybe they think this worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, like kind of catastrophizing of just being like, you know, what what is the worst thing somebody could think of you? That's probably what they're thinking. What's yeah. the thing you love most? It probably hates you. Yeah, I think I have a habit with that too, and it's it's bringing true because I call my dad worst case scenario Bill because he always, mm -hmm. but it's often like the least likely too. That's an, and that's actually like a good reality check. It's like okay, yeah, like that could happen, but what is the chances that that's going to happen? Like what has usually happened? You know, like and that's that whole like reality checking or whatever but yeah because yeah. my dad I grew up with a dad who was like what if this happens and I'm but now that I'm an adult when he does it I'm like yeah I mean it could but also we have no control over whether it does and it's probably not going to because it hasn't up till now yeah like, yeah. <laughs> like, the, like the, the what if you get hit by a bus yeah, scenario like where like, it's like yeah that could happen yeah, <laughs> like yeah. there's no there's yeah. no really dodging yeah. that like extreme catastrophe of what if you got hit by a bus or there was a shooter or something like yeah that's, that's terrifying and that's that, 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 that's a rough reality that, yeah. that we have to live in but it's not stuff that we should like not necessarily not dance around you should obviously have precautions yeah. but it's, it shouldn't be things that you live your life by no, but I, I definitely can relate though because i do i i like that's like the voice that i try to fight because mm -hmm. i've gotten a lot better but yeah like you know like that was one of the things my dad definitely planted in me was like what if this happens i'm like with experience i was like yeah it's probably not as likely as he wanted me to think it was like, yeah <laughs> well, with you uh with, with you experiencing like a, a paranoia di diagnosis i can imagine that the, the worst yeah, case scenario different. for you gets kind of like you know, yeah like, they become delusions yeah it's distorted right. yeah and and it, it, like we've we, we've we've talked about some of the experiences that you've had and it's like i it's it's, it's disheartening because i like I, I i couldn't imagine what it would take to conceptualize that as a reality you know mm -hmm. what i mean and, and yeah it's like yeah, to, it's to prove that right in your head you would have to jump through so many hoops right and then also just the feeling of feeling like that's a reality you know what i mean and having mm -hmm. to go to sleep on that like uh, that's I thought you were trying to kill me. I, I know. And that's, I was like, we need to insane. have a conversation. That's insane. I thought you were trying to kill me. And it, poison your weed. Yeah. And poison my weed. Um, <laughs> but I, but that's, that goes back. That would back. be such an evil way to do it. Right? That's yeah. sinister well, he, he, the one he, I love weed. He gave me weed and I was just like, he's probably poisoned. And it's just like, but that's, that comes with. He's all, the, not that pizza he gave you, but definitely the weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it just, it comes from like, if somebody were to, it's, it's jumping through the hoops, like the almost anxious hoops of just yeah. like. Like, well, if somebody thought the worst thing about you, then they wouldn't mind doing the worst thing to you. Totally. And that's why right. it, it, yeah. it kind of self-fulfills. It's almost like uh, like like the you, you feel like somebody is participating in like vigilantism against you almost mm -hmm. where, where you're like they think that I'm this, which means that they're going to try to do this, which mm -hmm. means that I have to be prepared for them to do that thing. And mm -hmm. that like that's that's a, a very strange that's, specific fear to live in. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So where do you think that uh, like specific fears and anxieties have kept you safe? 
Um, I, I think they've done the opposite more often than not because I'm trying to counteract mm. them. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, I lived on this anxiety and, uh, and like I don't want to live by my anxiety, so I'm going to be overly trusting. And the, especially when I was younger, that definitely bit me in the ass a lot. It was just like relationships and shit. But like, uh, they've definitely kept me safe and knowing when I like... I don't want to say isolate, but like knowing when I need to just like keep to myself, knowing when this, I'm like, all right, this is not a situation for me. I'm going to walk away from this or I'm yeah. going to spend some time just like taking care of myself, you know, some like uh, just rest and relaxation and yeah. knowing when that's necessary or has it kept you from getting hit by a bus? <laughs> Maybe I, <laughs> I've, I've looked both ways a lot because I'm like, what if there's a bus? What if there's a yeah. crazy? I, my mom told me a story about she was crossing a street next to her work one time and she saw someone get hit and they like cartwheeled into the sky and their shoes oh, went flying. Shit. And I was like, never jaywalking, always looking. Like, that has stuck with me for, like, longer yeah. than I played soccer. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's, that, that. You were scared straight yeah. from jaywalking. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Straight out of the crosswalk. Yeah. yeah. Keeping this boy off the streets. Yeah. It was, and so, like, <laughs> that specific scenario, yeah, I'm a little anxious about it. I guess it might have kept me safe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did not know that I was going to unlock that when I asked that question. <laughs> I've, I've always kind of know that, but know it's just a weird. I didn't know that was going to go <laughs> What about you, Zoe? When do you feel like your anxieties have kept you safe? Um, yeah, probably similar, like with like keeping to myself around certain types of people and like, or just not types of people, but just like if you get a bad feeling about something. Uh, yeah, Intuition. like, I, yeah, I think I'm pretty good at like not putting myself in like unsafe situations. Like when I've traveled and stuff like that, I think, um, just being aware, but also not like, yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think just being aware that like you, you don't, if you're in an unfamiliar place, like you can't just assume confidence. You have to like operate with like i don't know what's going on here i'm in you know like i'm out of place yeah so i think yeah being more careful of my surroundings and then also probably just like noticing people like yeah if some there sometimes i'll get like a weird vibe from somebody and i'm just like yeah i just don't know if i want to hang out with this person or like yeah. i want to be alone with this person i don't know why and i think that's yeah probably my anxiety a little bit yeah, but it's it's kept you safe in situations where like you you can't really assume everybody's intentions. Yeah, yeah, and I think also sometimes when we're anxious, we get angry. Like that that's something that's happened to me before. Like in situations where I feel like I felt unsafe, like in public or something, or somebody was being a jerk, like at a show or something, mm -hmm. you know. And I feel like yeah, I think that's my intuition kicks in, and I get angry and I'll get defensive. But it's usually because somebody makes me feel like physically unsafe too. Yeah, yeah. What about when you, Zane? Oh. Well, I was just gonna say, anger is a part of you that that like loves you the most. You know, the ang anger wants to keep you safe. Totally. So that's, that's, that, that, I've always heard that. And that was a, a very relatable phrase that I've, I've leaned on. Yeah. yeah. Um, in my situation, um, the question was. When has anxiety kept, kept you safe? Kept me safe. Um, I would say it's kept me safe in situations where maybe I wouldn't normally trust my gut, you know, but like there's certain times where it's like it's right to trust your gut. Like the person who you think might be out to hurt you might actually be out to hurt you. Like there's definitely been times where it's been misdirected. Um, I don't think Taylor's trying to poison me, but that's not to say that nobody will never to try that. to poison me, you know? <laughs> so <mean>, paranoia <laughs> is a different one. That's it's it's hard to it's hard to, to grasp that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you experiencing both adjacent to each other is 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 probably makes it difficult to talk about one without talking about the other because yeah. even when one's happening isolated from the other, they both end up kind of smearing into other, yeah, exactly. Eventually. It starts as ang it starts as an anxiety. It then becomes paranoia, and then it becomes a delusion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. that was something that I was learning about was just the fact that like um, paranoia is what creates the delusions. As a scared thought is what creates the so this is happening, so this is happening, and then this happened, which means that it's because of this. Mm -hmm. So it can be definitely really hard to to uh, figure out how to manage. So before we wrap up, I just want to know what is your uh, what's your 
your suggestion for or something that you have found has helped you with coping with anxiety? Um, coping with anxiety is, uh, it, it's very much circumstantial. You know, if you're feeling anxious because you're overwhelmed, then you're going to have to, you know, calm it down and, and sit in some low light for a second. If you feel anxious because you're isolated, then you might want to go socialize for a little bit. It's very, it's very contextual. But I think that the best thing to help with anxiety is, in my case, has been confidence, finding something that you, that, that you can find confidence in it, whether that's uh, like m my thing has been uh, competing in fighting games a lot. That's always something that I can look back on and be like, yeah, I kicked ass and that, yeah. I, I feel good about that. And that confidence has countered those times where anxiety might flare up and I'm like, no, maybe I'm doing okay. You know? Yeah. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. What about you, Zoe? Um, I think, well, I think I can relate to that too. Like reminding yourself of successes, I think is a good way. Like when you're catastrophizing for sure. Like for me, that, that is a good one. Like, cause I'll be like, I suck at everything. And then I'm like, well, why would I be this far in it if I sucked at yeah, it? But like when sure. I'm having a bad, like a panic attack or a low moment, I can definitely be like, no, you're terrible at this. And then it's like, well, then where did all this, this coming from in your life? So that is a good reminder. But I think yeah. the thing I thought of, like for most, honestly, like my key things, like go outside, go for a walk, like. That's always been my like go like if I'm having a panic attack and I just don't know what to do like a fresh get, environment yeah. yeah get outside specifically go for a walk outside like leave my phone that's a big one too yeah. I think just I really, can see that being yeah a pretty big source of anxiety yeah it's just like uh being present I think like finding a way to and getting out of yeah the situation trying to break the cycle yeah sure what about you Zane um I would say for me the just breathing breathing is something that like it's it's something we do our entire lives but we never really think that much about doing until like, like never really breathing. think about breathing until you can't yeah you know <laughs> like when you're like super anxious and you're like I can't breathe and you're like I didn't realize how important breathing was you the know first time you're you get like the wind knocked at you and you're yeah. just like oh wow this is yeah rough. This, <laughs> this can just go away uh or near drowning yeah Dr breathing is something that like you you do it sustains your life but like if you tune into it and make like a conscious effort to be like intentional about it it can be really for me like really healing um and just allow me to kind of and a point that you've always made too is that like people like well have you tried breathing it's really easy to brush off it's like yeah no shit i've tried breathing yeah. but it's like maybe you're not understanding exactly what's being asked when someone's asked have you tried breathing it's like yeah. conscious specific breathing techniques yeah breath work yeah yeah definitely all right well we're gonna take a real quick commercial break and we'll be right back with the smoke break we're here every sunday from 9 to 10 a.m on shady pines radio and pretty dope experience radio cheers to you my friends you're listening to shady pines radio my name is Nate, and each Friday at 9 a.m., I bring you Bird Cough, all things Northwest, and tour and acts, only on Shady Pines Radio. Thanks for tuning in. And we are back with the smoke break. We're here... Right now. Okay, cool. So uh, let's talk about misconceptions. Be here now. Be here now. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, so misconceptions. There's something that uh, I feel like we've all had, um, but trying to figure out where they are, um, when they are, how we react to them can you know, have varying, varying degrees of success. What do you feel like is the biggest danger with having a misconception? Um, I would probably say that you, like, you'll, you'll overlook a lot of your own experiences. For for me, my my diagnosis with PTSD was like kind of opening, like or eye eye opening, because I like I always viewed PTSD as something that like 
like prisoner of war people have. You know what I mean? If somebody came back from Vietnam and they have PTSD, that makes perfect sense. Now they can't, you know, participate in Fourth of July because of the fireworks. That makes perfect sense. But somebody that had weird, really specific experiences with like abandonment and and just like familial I- issues, that you know, it, it's hard to not just kind of bury that underneath like well that caused depression and anxiety sure that makes sense but digging a little bit deeper and taking a test on ptsd acknowledging like legitimately acknowledging the way that those past experiences have affected me right uh and like giving myself credit for feeling the way that i felt and like legitimizing that i wasn't you know just like being weak about it that was Mm -hmm. something that was a harrowing experience for me and i was and i'm allowed to 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 feel the way that i felt about it and that you know, un- unlocked a lot of opportunity for me to uh, now address that properly instead of just be like, well, maybe it's not this. Maybe it's just because of this thing. It's, it's no, it, we, we, we took a test. We found the answer. Now we know how to handle it. And yeah. uh, the, the misconceptions about what a mental illness, what a specific mental illness actually is or actually looks like is, is dangerous because you'll overlook a lot of your own experiences. Yeah. Well, that makes me think about how like there isn't really a diagnosis for trauma and it's, you know, I mean, I think PTSD can be just like a, like an umbrella term for like having a traumatic childhood or like multiple traumatic events in your life. And I think we just don't have like the right diagnosis for that. And my, like as somebody who has to diagnose people, not to say that PTSD isn't valid. I just think it's like the most valid thing we have, but I think it's because there's a big, there's a lot missing about trauma, like diagnosis in our, in our diagnosis. Yeah, diagnostic system that we have. It feels like the scale was just like how much trauma did you experience and how does that still affect you? And if if you if you hit a certain threshold, then then it's like, oh, yep, you have it. And and so I think that trauma needs uh like trauma treatment specifically needs uh to be put under a microscope a little bit more effectively sometimes. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad though that like that label was helpful because I think there's probably a lot of people that don't get a PTSD Mm -hmm. diagnosis that have like similar because their background is similar. Like it's more like a lot of different things, not one thing, like how originally PT- PTSD was right. thought of as like one big traumatic event. Yeah, now you have nightmares and you yeah. can't listen to fireworks. Yeah, but really there's a lot of people that I think are probably suffering with similar because of like a just several traumatic things. Good. Trauma trauma yeah. is pretty is is pretty widespread as to, as to how it can look and how it can affect yeah. you. And it's, it's worth giving yourself the credit of looking back and being like, that was a horrible experience for me. I might need to talk to somebody about that. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, I think trauma, we define like what's traumatic for us too, mm-hmm. right? Like I don't think there's yeah. really like a definition of something that's traumatic. It's how it affects you that makes absolutely. it trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, what about you, Zoe? Like uh, with misconceptions, like what do you feel like is the one of the bigger dangers? <sighs> dangers. Well, I think like you can just like, you can judge yourself in ways that are like wrong. You know, like I think I spent a lot of my life like thinking certain things were going to like bring me happiness or bring me value or, you know, and then learning later on that it was kind of like it was kind of a big fucking lie. And that a lot of my like challenges in life were based on things that were not true about like what I need to know about myself. So yeah, I think for me it was like about my relationship with myself and like what makes us valuable and stuff. I think those were, so I think, uh, yeah, I think that's really harmful. What about you, Zane? Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, I would say the biggest problem with like misconceptions for me is just, yeah, it doesn't give me like a, I can't make the right call if I don't know, if I don't have all the information. Right. So like I, I find myself reacting to something and then because I don't have all the information, I'm not like reacting to it correctly. And it may feel like it's correct because I think that I have all the information, but like once I find out what more information actually looks like, then I'm able to properly, you know, meet whatever 
situation I'm dealing with with the right amount of energy. So, so you're saying like the misconception of like not or like thinking you have like the the, the full picture and like when you don't have the full picture. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. The, the, the willingness to dig for all the information that that is something mm-hmm. that I've noticed you're mm-hmm. particularly good at is like, well, hold on, let's figure out all the all the things first. And yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's just difficult to navigate that when you when when someone's anxious or frustrated or, or angry. Yeah, but, or paranoid because yeah. that's that's the where the misconceptions can come from. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just like I don't have all the information, and then I think I'm operating with all of the information, and it's just like. No, man, you're operating on coincidence. And that is a dangerous point to to try to work from. And I, I will say, despite your uh, paranoia diagnosis, like there has been some pretty bizarre coincidences that I've seen that. I'm like, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that any different. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's, that's yeah. some weird shit that's just happened where I'm like, yeah, I really, can't even blame you for thinking that. Like, yeah, that's just yeah. Trippy. That literally just happened three things in a row. And you're like, well, well I mean, you know, yeah. is it a misconception if you, you think you have all the information? And the answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> so what's uh, what's a what's a misconception that you think that you've had about like life in the world in general? Uh, my my biggest one was definitely that everybody's goal was to stop playing the game, and I mean that in the sense of like 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 the the way that you act when you come home from work and you're like oh finally I'm done with all that bullshit like I I figured like that was the goal to become that all the time and so i was kind of like that all the time i was i i, I really you were made trying it, to check out a lot I, I was making it a point to not mask and mm. and to not like participate in like the 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 one specific thing that i can think of was like the ass kissing at work like mm-hmm. that just didn't make sense to me and yeah. i just chose not to do that and i watched that have negative effects on my <laughs> on my job and that th- that sucked but i just assumed everybody was kind of on that same boat of like like we want to get to a point where we're not masking. Like we want to have a job, and I realized that not everybody's masking. That that was yeah. a me specific. Can I thing. ask you? Can I ask you a question that's kind of off topic? Uh, sure. Uh, I know you've been going to therapy. Did you ever get like an autism? Like yeah, I'm. I I am going through that right now. I'm just waiting for a call for uh, from an autism specialist. I found out that this the the test, the actual test, is nine hundred dollars. So I might sit on that for a second. But wow. I'm doing like a. Uh, like you know how like SATs have like SAT practice tests, which are essentially mm-hmm. the same thing. I'm doing that with an autism specialist, and it doesn't cost me any money because it's through my my therapist. But that is something that I have been in Some expensive in, ass questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the the uh, the the practice test is free, so I'm not paying. Yeah, I was gonna say somebody just gave me. We could talk about it after, but somebody just gave me a resource for like an online test that they use with their clients to like help them. Start oh hell yeah. exploring it. Maybe you already have access to it, but I'll, I've, I'll I've, share it with you. I've I've checked out a couple of things, but the one the, uh, the conversation with my therapist was definitely the most like exciting i've uh, like piece of news that i've had about it because i'm like oh this is like like the ball is rolling i can talk to somebody that's like a specialist on this that can be like no it's this yes it's kind of that it's the diet this whatever yeah and it, it's uh it's yeah i'm excited for it no oh, that's, yeah, that's awesome. what about yeah. you what uh, misconceptions have you had about like the world and life hmm. i think like something i realized is that like a lot of my val things that i thought were like my values or like my morals around like what makes you a good person or like what makes you a valuable person kind of like what I was saying before I think I realized that a lot of those were rooted in like really harmful systems that have like that I don't believe in that I didn't realize like how like like when I got really educated about like stuff like that I think yeah for me I think it was really like a lot of the guilt and like shame that we feel is not because we're actually bad it's because we're not living up to some like standards that are built to make us feel bad and to keep us in like a perpetual state of like trying to achieve or like be good enough and I think like learning that like that was a trap and that's why it felt terrible and that like I don't have to adhere to those standards that was like probably the biggest 
misconception that like changed my life, I think, was just realizing like, no, I feel guilty because I think I'm supposed to care about that. But it's not because it actually makes me a bad person or like I feel yeah. shame about this thing, not because it's actually something I should feel shame about, but because I was told that makes me not good enough. And just like unpacking that and trying to figure out who I was after learning that was like huge for me, like yeah. a big part of my like worldview and perspective. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Zane? Um, I would say for me that, uh, that good people get good things and bad people get bad things. Oh yeah. We don't yeah. deserve shit, huh? Mm -hmm. That's the, that's a really big realization. Yeah. None of us are owed anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can, well, that's kind of goes along with what I was saying. It's like, if you just do everything a certain way, you'll live super long, you'll have money. And it's like, no, mm -hmm. it's not. A lot of that shit is chance. A lot of that shit is luck, nepotism. Yep being white or whatever being a man being you shitty, know just yeah. like the willingness to taking step advantage on yeah taking advantage of other people yeah exactly mm -hmm. like like we we don't just get things because we're good that's a yeah that's a big lesson yeah a that hard definitely one. that's a hard one because i for such a long time just thought that like if you did good then good things happened for you yeah. you know like that karma would and it's just like i've watched like nice people get fucked over and good people fucking prevail mm -hmm. and it's like such a bummer yeah like realization yeah it's a it's, yeah. A, it's a harsh reality that like the most generous people have such little things and that's partially because they're giving away a lot but that's just what they want to do and, yeah. and the people that have the most are the ones that are they have that because they're taking it all yeah yeah and that, that's a weird dichotomy i mean i think there's like value in like be like i think people that put positive things out into the world definitely like create more positive environments Absolutely. and more yeah. expansive environments but like on a core level none there's no like magic way to like have a good life other than learning how to appreciate the small things. Yeah, you can right. create a life that's better for everyone else, but you can't necessarily like just by doing good create a good life for yourself. Um so right before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask uh how do you react when a misconception that you've had has proved wrong? Well, if it was a misconception, it would be already proved wrong. <laughs> well, if not if you didn't know that yet. Oh, if okay. you still had that misconception. Oh, then. before it was a misconception. So like for example with me like finding out that like the world's isn't fair or that you're not owed anything like mm -hmm. i think that at first i got bitter about it because i was just like well oh, then yeah. why have i been doing good this entire time if good people don't okay. get good things now i get your question sorry <laughs> no 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 you're fine, <laughs> well, you're what fine. Does that that's, mean? that's why i figured i would i would give, <laughs> yeah, use myself helped. as an no, example okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. um but yeah so i i guess like you know initially i kind of got bitter but like with time i kind of like grew to understand and accept that like you know like you're not owed anything and all you can really do is your best and you're not doing your you're not doing good so that way good comes to you you're doing good because it's the right thing to do mm -hmm. so i guess for me it's it's landing on maybe a better answer than the original one that i had so what about you reiterate the question one more how time how do you react <laughs> when you find out like a misconception how? that you've had yeah is proved wrong? well i think it totally depends on the misconception but i think like for the one i was just talking about like at first it was like anger kind of almost like you said like but i think anger like we were saying anger has a purpose it's like it's it's you being like no i was done that was in like that was unjust like mm -hmm. me spending time feeling bad about myself or judging myself in this way for mine not for yours necessarily sure. but yeah like so i think anger for me first yeah yeah and yeah and i think it's like that that uh what do they call it they call it like um I don't know. It's like cognitive dissonance or something where yeah. it's like something happens. I love and that phrase. Yeah. Where it's like, you're just like 
it feels upsetting mm -hmm. because it feels like it disrupts your worldview mm -hmm. in a way that you're like, I don't know where everything fits then right now, right. if that's yeah. wrong. And you, somebody explained it to me one time, like, it's like if you were raised religious your whole life and then you realized it wasn't and then it's like everything just crumbles around you and you have to like re-understand yeah. yourself. Like, yeah. I think when it's a big misconception, that could and be And you have experience. to start considering things that you consider to be blasphemy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. might have to, you might have to yeah. take some science classes and, yeah. and consider evolution yeah. <laughs> if, yeah. if, if you're yeah. shedding that, that, yeah. that veil of, of, of religion. You know? Yeah. So I think yeah. anger, and then it was like freedom. Yeah. Anger yeah. Like freedom. a removal of shame. Like once I got over the anger, I think yeah. for me. What about for you, yeah, Taylor? What about you? Um, it's usually like a level of sadness. Like like the uh, the the biggest one. You're like the, grieving your yeah. old ideas. Yeah, because it I feels like that. I I was participating in this game that it, it, it didn't feel like a game, but it felt like I was participating in this thing that only I was making progress in that didn't benefit me at all in the future because nobody else was participating in and now i have to start from ground zero and when work my way back up uh like from the start in way behind everybody else and that's mm. that that's like it feels like i'm grieving the loss of the progress that i made that was my personal mm -hmm. progress because yeah. it, it feels wasted on you know isolation or things that are, that were only valuable to me which are, are, are still valuable to me but now it's like i wasn't participating in the real world or something and now right. i have to start over and it, it just feels like I'm behind and the mountain got steeper and it's, yeah. it's frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Well, dope. Well, we're going to take a real quick commercial break and we will be right back with our musical guest, uh, surprise musical guest. So uh, check that out. Make sure you hang out. This has been the smoke break. We're here every Sunday from nine to 10 AM on shady pines radio as well as pretty dope experience radio. Come here, boy. I love patches, and that's why I love Patch Dog. Hey, Dad, were you calling me? No, I was calling the dog patches. Yes, Father? Oh, not you, honey. Patch Dog makes custom iron-on embroidery patches. I can give them my design, and in a couple weeks, I've got custom patches. They can be of my daughter patches, my son patches junior, or even my dog patches. Yes, dear? Uh, no, no, that's patches, my wife. I'm just making a commercial. And because Patch Dog loves you so much, use the code SPR10 for a 10% discount. Yay. And you know they've got that free domestic shipping for more information check out patch.dog and fall in love with patches like me did you yes, me? Dear. no i'm making a commercial for patch dog and welcome back to the smoke break so our surprise musical guest returning host please make some noise right now for malik ray sean I'll make my own noise. What's popping, people? Malik Ray Sean here. I'm going to be sharing a few unreleased songs with y'all. Smoke Break exclusive. Excuse me. The Smoke Break exclusive. Um, you can't hear this anywhere else. And if you're interested in hearing these songs uh, for yourself outside of this space, then I'll share with you my SoundCloud, Malik Ray Sean. M-A-L-I-K-R-A-Y, as in yes, S-H-O-N. Comment on any of my songs or send me a message and comment the number 47. I'll send you a link, secret link. Don't share it to nobody, but if you do, I won't know. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the songs that I'm going to be doing are from a project that I've been working on for way too much time. If you know me, you know this is something that I've been literally working on since, what, 20, 2019, late 2019? Uh, the project means a lot to me. I'm excited to be delivering y'all this content. Again, the Smoke Break exclusive. So we're just going to, oh, before we get into it, um, the 
context of these songs are based upon what hip hop means to me as a person, as a creator, as a lifelong learner, a student of life, a student of lessons. But I'm going to let the music speak and we're going to start with this first song. Let's get it. Where would I be? Where would I be? Oh, where would I be? Where would I be without you? Where would I be without you? There ain't no me without you. Never see me doubt you. Shit, I don't even know how to. Hip hop, what I'm about to. And it don't stop, this is round two. I've been going off since I found you. Only thing I'm reading about you. Living this life is giving me purpose. Walking the line by writing these verses. Searching for Nirvana while I'm reversing curses. Going hard for my Ohana, they're the only ones that deserve it. Where would I be? Where would I be? Probably somewhere in the gutter. Where would I be? Somewhere I couldn't help another. Pop is using me to renew the peace So I'm shining like a diamond with no jewelry When I die, don't you cry in my eulogy Just to take pride in when I'm brighter than I used to be Even a fool can see, that means I reach the blind Leaving the demons behind and guided by divine Forces that you can't see with your two eyes Short to rise, open my third and sort through mine Yeah. Where would I be? Where would I be? Somewhere in the gutter. Oh, where would I be? Where would I be? Somewhere I couldn't help but not Yes, 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 yes. So that song was called Where Would I Be? Uh, Just a testament to how deeply ingrained in hip hop my entire identity is. Um, Just a little backstory of sort of like me as a person before music came around. I didn't particularly have a lot of self-worth. I was kind of just like, well, I'm just another person I'm not special. I don't have, like, much to offer. I have things that I'm good at, things that I like to do. I like to express myself. I like to make things and, like, draw pictures or whatever. I like to talk, and mainly I just like to hear my own voice, I think, is what it boils down to, hence my uh, podcast host background. Um, But at the time where I started to see myself as hip-hop, as an identity, versus just like something that I do or something that I consume, something I'm interested in. Now I understand that my entire identity, everything that I am is a part of hip hop and everything that hip hop is, is also a part of me. So I've used the expression of hip hop over the course of about a decade now to express everything from joy, excitement, um, Uh, celebration to anxiety and depression and addiction. And so the last song that I shared with you was some of the good 
that I've gotten to express, some of the affirmational things that I've gotten to express. And what we're going to go to next is, uh, well, not so, not so joyous, not so joyous. Um, I'll perform the song and then we'll talk about it. Sometimes I, sometimes I don't know how to keep on moving forward, forward. Uh, wake, wake up, up, turn around, around and hit the vape. That's not an ideal way to start the day. It's a quarter past eight, I'm about to be late. Stayed up to the AM trying to be great. Gotta make the next max, but a minute, five minutes, and I promised my supervisor I'd be on time. Someone's got $20 on the lift. This around the time I would have sparked me up a split. If this was my old life, I'd play Mary Jane with nothing but go right. But the problem is that I spent the whole night on the microphone. Might be high in the moment, but I wake up twice as low. Trying to find the flow, but it's reminiscent of the shit that I was sitting in. Deep in my addiction, did listen to my aunties when they told me I was tripping, but I'm sick with it. It's the my unfortunate condition Getting that I got a sufficient amount of sleep When I get to work, I'm irritable and weak Imagine I can hit it on heavy amounts of weed If I took a moment to slow down and breathe I'd be a completely different person But instead, the toxicity worsens I'm controlling the source of all of my hurting This around the time that someone tried to call it curtains Ain't nobody perfect, but I can do better Spelt it out when I wrote my younger self a letter Abuse was the body, neglect was the header My life should be improving with every endeavor But nothing's ever as it seems Living the same scene makes me wanna wanna Cause what I'm seeing on the screen Is so close but so far from who I wanna be So close but still so far Once you find who you are That's when the ultimate battle begins within Yes Clap! Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was how to, in parenthesis, not move on. Um, I'm someone that loves to hold on to people, feelings, pain, trauma. It's really hard to let go and move on. One of the things that I've been in the process of letting go of and moving on from is my attachment to weed, which is something we spoke about on the podcast before. Um, you heard lyrics referencing it in that last song that we just did, that I just did. Y'all didn't do nothing. But hopefully you click like and share. Ha. Um, so that's, that's something that I've been trying to move on from, as well as my mistakes, as well as my inconsistencies, lack of accountability, um, throughout my life, I've had an interesting relationship with being honest, both with myself and with those around me. And that has put people in a position to be hurt by my actions and my inactions. So I have a concept that is the Phoenix rising from the ashes. And that concept is really meaningful to me because so much of the ugliness of who I am and who I have been, have been able to be reconciled with, reconstructed, deconstructed, 
and then reconstructed for the sake of awareness, expression, um, and hopefully inspiration for other folks to do the same. So this next song is called Phoenix, and it's essentially just sharing that process of how I've been able to deconstruct and reconstruct and how I see myself within the role of the Phoenix. We got a beautiful vibey intro, something that just allows reflection, recognition, maybe things that you haven't thought about in a while, resurfacing, giving yourself permission to just feel what comes up. Not every song has to be packed with lyrics. Sometimes you just need to feel it. I promise I'm not freestyling. That just happened to rhyme. And I like to produce these vibey intros to set the tone. Like, I don't want to tell you what the song is about. I want you to feel it. Pause. Before the song even starts. So we're going to get into it. can't keep me down i'm always gonna get back up it's been about six months now since i hit that blunt i can pretty much count on me having some mismatched luck no matter what direction the pendulum i'ma always come back tough up and down left and right daytime of the night i ain't going down with no fight ain't no one delaying my flight I'm walking off with no hesitation Well on my way to my destination Quote the raven, nevermore Will I cheat the game to get a better score? 47 to infinity, I'm embedded with divinity Reimagine masculinity, reimagine masculinity Annies are witnessing within me It's resurrection every time that I rhyme Redefine what it means to be me So that I can be free, come alive on the Yeah, rest in peace to the previous iteration Embracing the flames when I'm faced with incineration Replacing the stains on my name with dignification It's gonna take great patience I'm a phoenix and it's time for me to rise You can see it when you look into my eyes Yes, so... That is Phoenix. Um, I think I probably only have like one minute-ish to talk about it. Um, so just, you know, like I said, being able to reinvent myself through the music, to be able to have a deeper understanding of myself and my flaws, as well as my strengths and my triumphs, that is a space that hip-hop has provided me. And that is why it's so important for me to constantly recognize that hip-hop is a part of my identity. I am a part of the identity of hip-hop. And if you want to follow me on my creative journey, I'm on YouTube and Instagram and SoundCloud at Malik Rayshawn, M-A-L-I-K-R-A-Y, as in yes, S-H-O-N. And send the number 47 if you want the secret link that you can't show anyone that I won't know if you do, so whatever. All right, that's been Malik Rayshon. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Springtime is almost here, and like the flowers, we hope you bloom where you decide to plant yourself. Do you have a small business, or have you been thinking about starting one? 
We are here to help you establish roots that lead to blossoms of success and all other dad jokes and bad metaphors. Reach out for a free 30-minute consultation to discuss your business legal needs or branch out and attend one of our upcoming The More You Glow seminars. These are community-oriented learning events that focus on all sorts of small business and nonprofit topics. Tickets are sliding scale, $5 to $20, and you can visit our website, rationalunicorn.com, for more information. That's rationalunicorn.com. Through all the seasons, we do community business law for everyone in the community. All right, and we are back with the smoke break. All right. Thank you so much, Malik, for uh, yeah, for dropping. Great. You you dropped some music on the smoke break. Exclusive. Dude. Goddamn. God no damn. one else has access to those songs. Yeah. So yeah. Thanks well, for allowing me to do that. It's kind of a gamble. I've never performed those songs before. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think no, it was super great. impressive. It was super that was awesome. impressive. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate y'all's support and love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So something you wanted to talk about is just creating for the sake of creating. You know, yes. that those are unreleased tracks. So, you know, did you create them for the world or did you create them because it just felt good to create? Well, you know, it's interesting because my answer is actually both. Mm. But me first, for sure. Sure. Me first. Um, the, the thought behind making it for the world. No. The thought behind making it for me first is that I am essentially providing myself the medicine that I need uh, to process what I'm going through just by writing and recording and like listening to the song on my own, like millions of times over and over, obviously not enough to remember all the lyrics, um, <laughs> but just the process of being able to give myself the medicine that I need uh, drives the creation of it. And um, where it comes to the world is that I'm not the only one that needs that medicine. There's a lot of people who have similar experiences and traumas and like lessons that they've had to learn. And like when we're out in this life, like you're just thrown in the fucking wolves, you know, like hopefully you will make it through. But it's it's not as common for us to actually have like someone to look to or to look up to who's had a similar experience and can kind of like not necessarily guide us through it but to just give helpful insight into their experience and maybe they can take from that and learn from that and yeah. heal from that. No, I, I appreciate what you do, especially just in the space that you do it being hip hop, of course. So but I, I think hip hop needs, uh, needs that, especially I, I hear a lot of metal bands and like even alternative bands and shit just say that like when they started out, they were just making something that, that they, they wanted to hear. And I feel like there's a level of competitiveness that is definitely fun in, in hip hop. But I think a lot of people kind of owe it to themselves to just make shit that they want to hear. Well, like what, what, what am I looking for when I, when I go on discover weekly Spotify, you know what I mean? What, it, what's, what was tickling my fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that that's how you describe it, but no, I, I agree with you hundred percent. It doesn't need to be a space where, we're at odds at, with each other to like fighting for attention, like crabs in a barrel or whatever the yeah. thing is. It's like we all have medicine and it's all valuable. Not all of us are tapping into that medicine as much as the doctor might prescribe, but sure. you know, um, it's a space where we can all heal and grow together. It doesn't have to be a, a competition. Yeah. What about you, Taylor? What's uh, what, what experience do you have like with creating just for the sake of creating? Uh, I'd say on on the other end of that, my my difficulty with creating for the sake of creating has been seeing like looking for the bigger picture 
when I'm just starting out where I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And then this is going to work with this thing later. And I'm not just writing. I'm not just doing something to, to create. And, uh, I, I have the issue with editing videos a lot. I have the issue with, uh, with writing scripts a lot. And, uh, you've helped me a lot, a lot of just by like our banter has created a lot of the scenes that we've ended up writing together. And that's been super helpful, but I, that just the sake of like, Oh, I like this. I'm going to write this down. Yeah. Has, benefited that bigger picture later that because when i when i'm not worried about that bigger picture i look back and I, I find all these pieces that i have that i can put into the bigger picture and it slowly starts coming together yeah but if i'm if, if all i'm worried about is that end game bigger picture then i i feel like i'm missing pieces instead of having all these extra pieces Ooh, okay it feels yeah. like i'm just like half finished instead of like way more like like i have all this, this extra stuff that i can slowly fill in with it yeah no i appreciate that zoe do you feel like you create for the sake of creating or is it for the sake of sharing um, I mean, I think like it depends on what you're doing too, but I think uh, both. I think I think I've talked about that before. I think it's like really important to have a personal relationship with whatever your art is. I mean, most most art, and in some ways, it becomes for an audience. Not all of it, but like in some ways, it can be for an audience. And if we want to make money off of it, and like then it often has to be. Yeah. But so I think it is really important to find a balance between doing what you do because you love it and also doing it in a way that it's received where it feels like you're succeeding at it. And I think like those two things are really hard to balance. Um, and I think like with stand up, like I think a way that I try to do that is like, I write a lot of jokes that like never make it to my sets. Yeah. They're just jokes that I'll do for a couple weeks or a month or whatever at an open mic and like some, or I'll try, you know, like, yeah. And then, and they fall by the wayside. And then sometimes I'll come back and find them later when I have like a better home for them or I have like a better tag or whatever. Yeah. So I think like, uh, yeah, I think it can be both. I think. Yeah. So maybe it's it's about creating, you know, for you, <laughs> like you had said, creating for you first and then maybe finding out like where that stuff might land for other people. Comedy is a really unique medium for that, too, mm -hmm. because you can't write a joke that you don't think is funny. Otherwise, you don't. Yeah. Why would you write it down? Yeah. yeah. And so that, that almost has to be that like. That 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 personal perspective on it of this is this is something for me first. That, uh, that comedy is such a strange, unique yeah. medium of yeah. entertainment, and it's helpful too to be able to have like some sort some sort of launch pad to just see like what's the feedback for this thing that yeah. you created. Like if you're testing jokes or well, that's if what's I'm, cool. Yeah, you can test them quicker. Yeah, than other stuff. Like like I've I've had some feedback where it's like oh my, like you made this, like this is the single. And I was like, okay, I thought this was just another one. Oh, yeah. But all right, like yeah. now I have that feedback and yeah. can understand from an outside perspective the value of this piece. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like I recently had a joke that I would like, I had buried kind of in the set because I wasn't that sure about it. And then when I told it, it got this uproarious laughter. And I'm like, oh, that's this joke I need to start out with. Yeah. You know, but initially when I created it, it was just like, I like this joke. I want to see if other people like it. Then other people did like it. Now it's like, okay, now I'm creating with the intent of like trying to serve, you know, maybe like other people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time being like, this is something I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Just as an observation, I just realized this. I don't, I, maybe this is obvious and I'm dumb, but like, uh, both can be true. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very, that's very true. Um, or you could be smart and it could be obvious. I've, I've noticed that a lot of comedians' favorite jokes that they have are not the audience's favorite jokes. Yeah. I've, I've watched interviews with comedians, especially when it's like three comedians sitting down together and they're talking about their favorite jokes. It's always like the darkest shit yeah. and mm -hmm. it's never shit that they would expect to land very well with a good audience. And yeah. They usually end up going and talking about how that joke bombed, but they love that yeah. joke and they don't mm -hmm. want to get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I always think that's a, that's, a, that's a unique thing. So... Have you had anything that like you've created that like maybe you liked a lot, but like wasn't as well received as you might have hoped? Mm. 
Um, because I feel like I had that with like a song. I I would like to hear what you have. I'm gonna try to think of one. Yeah. So uh, my song, no, uh, no horse in this race, like that one. It has, I love that one. Yeah, I love it. I love it too. That's and Alex's I'm, favorite song too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so okay. Personal. Maybe maybe it's it's a little bit more. Fuck you know. whoever doesn't like it. Yeah. Just but, kidding. It's it's, it's a heavier song and it's about like suicide. So it's like, you know, it is a heavier topic. But at the same time, it's like it's a song that like I found a certain closeness with that. Like maybe, you know, if you're listening to it, vibing at your house, it's a good song to listen to. But like trying to perform it live, it's a little bit, you know, harder to like connect with that idea. So that was definitely like like a a, late night drive home from work song. You know what I mean? That's that's, That's not... A song that you can just listen to. You don't just wake up to that song. Yeah, you don't get ready and have a montage to nowhere in this race. <laughs> but you're in your feelings when that song is playing for sure. Yeah. But it, the, the, to, I don't, I don't know why anybody wouldn't like that song. Like, I mean, obviously, taste is a is a fucking thing. But that's yeah. That's well, a, that's it's a really just it's it's a heavy it's a, it's a heavier song. You and know? even yeah. from a rap and, perspective, there's really really good wordplay that you're referencing his jokes from, and, and right. like there's like it's just good writing in general. Well, I, I think a check lot of our <laughs> audience <laughs> is going to. Like, wherever maybe they're at with their own trauma, like, they just can't receive that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They don't, they don't, it's not necessarily they don't want to, but yeah. they're just not in a place. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Maybe it yeah. takes them back to that place that they don't want to be in. Yeah. Um, but it's but, a great song. Go stream it right now. Yeah. Pause yeah, yeah. This episode, or go else. stream it, or else <laughs> I'll find you. So, what about you? Is there any songs that you, you feel like you've songs? It could have been a joke that you told, it could have been a picture you drew that you're like, this is the shit. And somebody's like, um, I, what I'll say is like, cause I, I want to just be super, super honest in like answering the question that was asked, like in, in the music space. Um, I'm so overly critical of everything that I make. I'm the only one that's ever shitting on my, ma- oh, okay. No, 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 no. I mean, yes, that's true. in like in current <laughs> life, sure. but when I first started making music, uh, I was not um i wasn't great uh i was nothing to write home about i mean i can barely even listen to my old stuff it's like that bad same here i can barely listen to my old stuff (laughs) um but i remember this was maybe like the first song i ever recorded i put it out on youtube use like a fucking uh what is it a rock band mic and like plugged it into audacity shit was rolling me back um and it was like i think i dissed my ex-girlfriend at the time my first girlfriend (laughs) and she wasn't a fan that's crazy Uh, (laughs) no she wasn't a fan but like i i was getting good feedback from my homies about it um very biased they're not gonna tell me they don't like it if they don't yeah either way they're gonna bob their fucking head to it and they're not artists right so they don't know how to give feedback other than like Good job, champ. You made a song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember I had shared the song like on Facebook, and someone who lived in my neighborhood at the time commented, like, I think it was like we started messaging about it, and he was like, Bro, you're ass. Like, you're wow. really bad at making music, <laughs> and you should stop making music before you put too much time and energy into it. Jesus. Wow. It was really fucking harsh. Wow. I was yeah. not prepared to receive <laughs> literally any of that. Um, but what that taught me, well, one, that taught me to be super hypercritical of anything that I put out, yeah. which is why I don't 
put barely anything out. Fuck that guy. Which is yeah. why I'm sending yeah. y'all keep, the secret link if you yeah, comment 47. Yeah, keeping us from good Malik music, that fucking yeah. asshole. Yeah, what the fuck? But uh, I, I would say what the... Bastard. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I, I wish I could say his name so we could all be mean to him. Just kidding. <laughs> um, we know who you are, bro. Him. We know. Yeah. I know who you are. I'll post in the comments and tag his profile. <laughs> yeah, there you um, go. There you go. But yeah, it and it was also that competitive thing too, because he was another artist. He's in Portland. He had like a little group or whatever. That's reductive. He had a group. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. made music. A a weird little group. Weird a little, little group. group. They're like rippy rapping or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's it it showed me that even if I think something is like the best thing ever, it can still get shit on, like very blatantly shit on, and I can actually still love it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my experience. Actually, with that. the song that I did want to say. So the, I wrote this song about my girlfriend having an abortion and how it broke my heart, and I was like super excited to have a kid, and she was like, "No," and I was like, "I guess," but also I always wanted to be a father. Broke my fucking heart, right? Made this song. I sang in it, right? What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whoa. Yeah, this is you, this is a song you've never heard of for a reason. I, I, you better send that. You shit, might boy. you might have heard it just because I was like, "Yo, this is the first song." It was the first song I ever recorded. I sent it out to all my friends and my homies, just like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and he like it was called "Mama, Do You Love Me?" because that was something that it was a book that my mom would read to me when I was a kid. And so I was just like, "Oh, Mama, do you love me?" And then he's just like, "Daddy, no, Daddy, no." And he's like trolling it, and he's like my best friend at the same wow. time. And I was just like, "Dude, this is about like some heavy shit." And he's just like fucking trolling it. Mm, that's brutal. That's yeah, brutal. That's a heavy so, topic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it was heavy. I didn't understand the complexity of the topic, uh, but I also just didn't understand how to write a fucking song or that maybe I don't have business singing. I think historically your friend groups with your friend groups I, I haven't known them very well but I feel like you've been the most sensitive person in your, and that's not a jab at all That's a, they should have been a little more sensitive yeah. but I think you were the most sensitive person in, in, in your friend groups and so when you're making vulnerable content like that and you're around people that aren't very sensitive to that like yeah. I could see why that would go south pretty quick yeah well and but at the same time it also taught me like that I had to create for me you know that that's like true. if that song was something that still resonated with me and it was something that I still wanted to release, I would release it. But you know, I'm I'm glad that he saved me from that because I I definitely have no business singing um, <laughs> I, or commenting on abortion. Probably, <laughs> I would really love like if there's any version, <laughs> if there's any version of that song that exists, I would love to hear it. If you okay. ever want to share it, yes. and I won't get into it, but I had a similar kind of like abortion experience. Yeah, um, and I also made a song about it that I might not ever put out because it's just like. It's so vulnerable. Speaking of that... art, you create just for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, but that's that's the thing is like those things can be like just for yourselves. Like you know, like is for as much as we use music and art to navigate our own emotions. Like it's it's important to like sometimes that song can just be for you. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, it's medicine either way. And yeah, that's maybe true. someone would benefit from hearing it, but maybe you would benefit for just keeping it to yourself or yeah. keeping it for yourself. I should yep. say. Yeah, yeah, that's perfect. All right, well, cool. That has been the smoke break. We are here every Sunday from nine to ten a.m. on Shady Pines Radio. As well Pretty Dope Experience Radio. I've been your host, your old pal, Zane. You're with Zoe Schwartz. Bye. Taylor Barrett. Peace out. And Malik Rayshon. Way <laughs> <Play> to play his. <laughs>